0: Hey everyone, you're listening to the MLEPC Podcast. Thank you for joining us. The podcast features every previous Sunday's sermon and plenty of other cool content like interviews and miniseries. Please remember to share our content and subscribe to our channel so you can stay up to date with everything that we create. You can find out more about what's happening at the church by visiting our website at mlepc.org or checking us out on our social media. Once again, we thank you for tuning in to the Emily PC Podcast, and we hope to see you at an event soon. I wonder if you agree with me that this last fruit of the Spirit is one of the most difficult to grow. There are those moments that our self-discipline just seems to vanish, right? And when that happens, we're usually horrified to realize that our emotions seem to have a life of their own. Keeping our self-control in check when all those right buttons are pushed can be really, really hard. Because we are all so uniquely different, the things that cause my self-discipline to fall apart are probably very different than yours. But I know too well, and I imagine that you do too, that some of our greatest spiritual battles are fought when our impulses begin to overpower our better judgment. For instance, I confess that I have lurking inside of me a pretty, fierce mama bear. And she just springs to life, it seems, whenever anybody mistreats somebody I care about, especially our children. Truthfully, the intensity of my inner bear surprises me. If I'm not careful, always watchful, my self-control can instantly disappear before I even realize what is happening. The Apostle Paul apparently had his own inner beast. Paul personally knew how frustrating it was to try to control his natural impulses. I imagine that most of us know how Paul was feeling when he said, oh, what a wretched man I am. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate to do, I do. I'm grateful that Paul is so transparently honest in his struggles so that we all can learn from him how God can keep us level-headed and composed. Paul saw clearly that we humans all have an inborn nature that rules our desires and our actions. As we grow up and mature, we can usually learn to control our natural impulses so that we can peacefully coexist with one another. Paul called the nature that we're born with our "sarks," meaning our flesh nature. Now, Paul wasn't talking about the skin that covers our bones as the flesh nature. Paul was meaning something more Paul was referring to the desires that we all have that tempt us to sin. When I first read in the Bible that I had a sinful nature, I thought it wasn't true. I didn't think that my natural nature was very sinful at all. I argued with Paul when he said, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I was convinced that my inner self was basically good. I actually thought that the Bible had it all wrong. The more I read the Bible, however, I realized it was true. I realized that we humans all wrestle with our sinful nature, and we have ever since God created the first humans in the Garden of Eden. We have all had trouble obeying God, and we all are easily enticed to sin against God. Paul understood that our natural nature is controlled by our desires and that our desires fight against what God wants. So beginning with Adam and Eve, who couldn't resist that temptation to eat that forbidden fruit, I realized that all the great heroes of our faith have had the same problem. Abraham, Moses, David, Peter, so many, All were led astray by their fleshly desires. So I finally had to agree with Paul. It does take some getting used to the idea because our culture predominantly believes that we are all born basically good. However, as we become more aware of our thoughts and actions, we do see it, don't we? We really are slaves to our emotions and most of them, if we're honest, aren't good we are able to understand what Paul meant when he said it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Paul wasn't referring to political freedom or the kind of prison that puts us behind bars, but Paul was meaning freedom from our sinful flesh nature. The hold that our flesh nature has over us is exactly why God sent Jesus to rescue us. As Paul summarized it, our flesh nature follows a different law than God's law. Our human nature follows the law of me first, and God's law puts God first. Paul's message in these passages is so encouraging to me, and I hope it is for you too. And I actually think it's exciting. Because it promises us that as elusive as self-control seems to be for each one of us, God offers us a cure for us to save ourselves. Out of his great love for us, God doesn't leave us hopeless and trapped, but God presents us with a solution. God's remedy is to put a new spirit within us. When we trust in God's Son, Jesus, for the forgiveness of our sins, God sends His Holy Spirit to live in our soul. When we are joined by faith to Jesus and pledged to follow Him, we begin to live by God's divine nature instead of by our own flesh nature. Christians then possess two natures, our old flesh nature and our new divine nature, and the truth is that they war against each other. The good news is that Jesus connects us to God's spirit in a unique, intimate relationship that allows God's power to help us overcome any desires that lead us away from God. So many of us Christians try to continue to live life on our own power, when we have this amazing resource available to us by Christ's power living inside of us. One of the greatest but underused benefits of belonging to Jesus is that we no longer have to fight the battle for self-control on our own. Once when I was mowing a lawn I had an epiphany about the Holy Spirit's power. I knew very little about how to mow the lawn or how to work a lawnmower. But because all of my men were away playing baseball, I decided to give it a go. So I figured out how to put gasoline in the mower. I figured out which cord to pull to start the mower. And I pushed that mower up and down our backyard, which was no easy task because our backyard is steep. It's a perfect hill for sledding. I pushed and I pushed and he nearly passed out. And as I was struggling up the hill, they came back from baseball, pulled back into the driveway and one of my sons pulled out, jumped out of the car and he said, Mom, why aren't you using the power drive? And I said, All this time I've been struggling after all that effort. It turns out all I had to do was just press the lever, and the mower would drive itself. Life as a follower of Jesus is so similar. God's power is available to us in the divine nature that God gives us when we first trust in Jesus, but so often we struggle pushing on like I did with that mower, instead of using God's Holy Spirit to be our power drive. We do have a role to play, however, if we want to experience God's blessings, and it is for this reason that self-control is a crucial quality for every Christian to have. In his letter to Titus, which we read this morning, Paul was very clear. Self-control is a gift from God. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. Why do we need to say no and refuse to participate in unholy things? There are several reasons. First, it's far too easy for our flesh nature to get caught in a pleasure trap, craving worldly things, always wanting more and more. The desire for wealth and prestige and pleasure can easily crowd out our desire for God. Paul warned in 1 Corinthians, flee from ungodly behavior. We can decide to be part of things uh, that create more temptation or not to be part of them. If we are allowing the Holy Spirit to shape us, then we should continually be on our guard to protect our weaknesses. How do we know what is ungodly? How do we know what is of the world and not of God? Truthfully, it's not always easy. We need to know by looking at the Word of God and then apply it to our life today. It is hard to separate the Bible's culture from today's culture. But there are behaviors that honor God through all times and places. The good news is that if we have the Holy Spirit living in us, then we are able to ask him to guide us into making decisions. Paul knew what it was like to fight inner temptations that try to derail our Christian walk. Paul could say from experience, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, God will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Secondly, as a believer in Jesus, you become a temple of God's Holy Spirit. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you take God's Spirit with you. And I have to admit, knowing this has helped me to make several, many difficult decisions. And a third reason is that as Christians we always wear our faith out into the world. When people see us, they watch us to see how God works in us. If they like what they see, then they will want what we have. We are living witnesses to what the power of God can do in a human life. Sometimes our witness gives glory to God and then unfortunately, sometimes when what we do doesn't give glory to God at all. Right. And that's why what we do matters. When we react in anger or impatiently, what picture of God do we give? We do all get upset, but that doesn't mean we can't improve on how we handle our emotions. We do need to fight a serious battle every day to guard against the attitudes in our culture and in our own heart that prevent us from pleasing God. Each of us needs to put on that armor that Paul tells us about in Ephesians so that we can use God's gift of the Holy Spirit every day, all day. Jesus in his parable about the sower and the seed taught about the danger of allowing the Word of God to get choked out by the deceitfulness of wealth and the desire for other things, it does take self-control to stay on course with God's plan for our life and to forcefully say no to powerful temptations. A gift, however, is always something that we can choose to accept or reject. If we want worldly passions more than God's blessings, God does allow us to follow our heart even if it leads us into destructive behavior and we miss out on experiencing God's presence in our lives. The abundant life that God promises us through Jesus is not the same that the world offers. God's blessings do not usually include winning the lottery or having a fancy car or a mansion. The lavish life that God offers us is actually far more rewarding than all of that. Paul wants us to understand that Jesus has saved us for more than the future blessing of heaven. It's very easy to get tricked into thinking that all the benefits of salvation come only after we die. But actually, the richness of God's salvation begins the moment that you give yourself to Jesus through faith. When we accept Jesus as the Lord over our lives, Jesus not only gives us a whole new nature, but Jesus gives us a whole new identity. Some of us are taking a course right now from Right Now Media by a minister named Neil Neil Anderson. And Neil Anderson founded a ministry called Freedom in Christ. The focus of the Freedom in Christ ministry is to help Christians understand and experience all the benefits that Jesus gives us when we become His. One of the main things the Course emphasizes is that Christians can do all things through Christ, who strengthens us. And that includes the ability to break the hold that anything ungodly has over us, we learn that we can, with God's help, discipline ourselves to crucify our sinful nature and be transformed by the renewing of our mind. As hard as our daily battle is to, remain, to maintain our self-control, it helps to focus on what God has promised. Paul compared our life to a marathon. That begins when we give our life to Jesus, and he himself ran, pressing on toward the prize for which God had called him heavenward in Christ Jesus. Some of us know how easy it is to be disqualified during a race. We have to watch where our feet land. You must stay inside the correct lane and follow the rules. And it's exhausting, and it takes concentration and determination. But can you picture Jesus at the finish line, waiting for you, standing there with his arms wide open? And saying, well done, good and faithful servant. We can do it. We can get there. We've got God coaching us. We've got God pouring out his grace and his strength into us. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. St. Patrick knew this, and we have a few verses from his prayer to help remind us. I bind unto myself today the power of God to hold and lead, God's eye to watch, God's might to stay, God's ear to hearken to my need, the wisdom of my God to teach, God's hand to guide, His shield to ward, the Word of God to give me speech, God's heavenly host to be my guard. Christ be with me, Christ within me, Christ behind me, Christ before me, Christ beside me." God came to rescue us through his son Jesus so that we can live the life that he created us to have. Not because we were worthy, but because God loves us. God has given us rebirth and renewal by his Holy Spirit. We each have one life to live on this earth. The way of the world is attractive, but God's way leads to life. I pray that we all will allow ourselves to be powered by God's Holy Spirit and live into the freedom which Jesus has made possible for us to enjoy by the grace of God, for the glory of God. Hi, this is Pastor Carolyn. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you'd like to find out more about our church, you can check out our website at mlepc.org, and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a podcast. Have a blessed day.